Welcome to the Hudson Wesleyan Church Podcast, a recording of the weekly messages of Pastor Wesley Rowan during the Sunday worship service. We trust the time you spend listening will enhance your relationship with Jesus Christ. Now, here is Pastor Wes. Friends, as I said just a minute ago, I do not know what your new year is going to hold. But as I'm reading that creed, if we hold fast to our belief in him through his spirit that is among us, in our communion with, with the church. Yes, Zach, do you have a question? You're having what? Did it quit streaming? Okay, that's all right. If it doesn't, I, at this point, if it doesn't go start back up, It'll just have to be. Thank you for telling me, though. I, um, I'm not sure what, maybe our internet. Internet's been acting a little goof. You've got it on there? Okay. All right. Well, just leave it run, Zach, the way it is, and we'll just do the best. It'll have to do the best it can. Thank you, though, for letting me know. Um, but if, we, if we hold fast to our belief that his spirit is among us and that the church is where we find the, the communion of saints that we rely on, and that our sins are forgiven, and that ultimately the body is resurrected. That this is temporary life. And that life eternal is a reality. That is the scope. That is the framework for whatever may come. In a few minutes, we are going to, at the as we conclude our service here together today, we are going to celebrate communion together. I want to just share a couple of quick thoughts with you before we do that. In the Old Testament, we did a lot of reflecting on the Old Testament. During Advent, during the, uh, the period leading up to Christmas, reading the prophets, Before Jesus came in the Old Testament, there were three primary ways that God had chosen to represent himself to his people. The first was through the priests. The priests who stood and represented God and conducted the sacrifice that brought man and God back into relationship. The second was the kings. Now God had told his people in the Old Testament that they didn't need a king. He was their king, but they wanted to be like the other nations around them. Do you remember this? And so God said, well, if you want a king, I will give you a king. And so Saul and then David and then his line of succession became the kings for Judah and for Israel. And then... Mostly during the time of the kings, God also chose to represent himself to his people through the prophets. So while the priests conducted sacrifice that God would accept for sins, the kings represented the authority of God, even though they didn't really need an earthly king to represent that. The prophets came and spoke the word of the Lord to the people. Their saying, of course, that so often we quote is, Thus saith the Lord God. 
But all of this was shrouded in the darkness of a lost world and a God who seemed very far away. The sacrificial system, the words of the prophets, the authority of kings, sometimes kings that were not very good. That's how they tried to relate to God. And so Jesus comes into the picture at the beginning of the New Testament and we see that right here at the beginning, something that we're going to celebrate this next week, Epiphany, the coming of the wise men. And next, it's actually closer to next weekend and we'll probably focus on it a little bit then too. But we still have up here by the manger the three gifts of the wise men. And the wise men come and they bring gold and frankincense and myrrh. As the Christmas hymn, We Three Kings, uses this phrase, that those three gifts represent king and God and sacrifice. The same three entities represented from the Old Testament. First, gold, the royalty of God, the royalty of the king, of the universe, frankincense, the used in worship. They would offer incense in worship. The visualization of the presence of God, in fact, and some traditions still use incense in their worship. It was not just uh, some, some uh, abstract part of the worship service. It was meant to engage your sight and your smell as a way of recognizing that there is an essence here that is not really one that's just the people that we see. So it represents the presence of God in worship. And then myrrh used in burial representing the death and the sacrifice that God would make. So in the Old Testament, we have prophet, priest, and king. In the coming of the wise men, we have gold that represents the king. We have the incense that represents the worship or the interaction between God and his people, that God is among us, the words of the prophet. Here is what God has to say. And myrrh, which represents the sacrifice that would be made. Jesus grows up to actually be all of those things. He is the king. He rides into Jerusalem on Palm Sunday being heralded as the king, the sign that is over him on the cross, the king of the Jews. He is Lord of the universe. He is the prophet he is not just one who comes to say, thus saith the Lord, or here is the word of the Lord, or you should hear the word of the Lord. He is the one who came to say, I am the word of the Lord. But he was also the priest the one who could stand between God and man and offer up a sacrifice that was redemptive for us. But unlike, the Hebrew writer tells us, unlike those sacrifices that were repeatedly offered in the temple by the Old Testament priests, this sacrifice was made once for all by the high priest, 
Jesus. So he is king. He is prophet. He is the word of God. He is the priest that offers the eternal sacrifice. And we need all three. We need the authority of God in our lives, don't we? Man, if you haven't figured it out yet, we managed to mess stuff up pretty good. We need the authority of God in our lives. We need the word of God in our lives. It's why we study the scriptures. We need to know what God has to say. But we also need that sacrifice. For without the sacrifice, nothing else will matter. And so Jesus, having these three gifts presented to him as a baby, some 32, 33 years later now, is coming to the end of his earthly ministry. And he gathers the disciples together one more time to celebrate the Passover. And in that room, he once again represents to them the three things that he is. First, his body. He takes the bread and he breaks it. He says, this is my body. Whose body? God's body. How is it that this is God's body? Because God has come to be with us. He is the prophet. This is the word of the Lord. The word was made flesh and dwelt among us, and that flesh was broken. And so Jesus breaks the bread as a symbol of what is about to happen to his flesh. So while the prophet spoke the word, Jesus is the word, his body is the word, and his body is about to be broken. But he's more than just the prophet. Just the bread, the body that has come to be with us. He is the king. He says, my blood is going to be poured out for you. He takes the cup and he says, this is my blood of the new covenant. What is the blood that ran through the veins of Jesus except the blood of a kingly line, both divine and human? For in his divinity, he is the king of the universe, and in his humanity, he is the heir of David. Literally, the blood flowing through his veins, the blood that would be spilled out for us was royal blood, both divine and Davidic. David's line. But he's not just the prophet, the word made flesh and broken. He's not just the king, the blood of royalty that would be poured out when we combine those two things together and see what happens on the cross, he is the actual sacrifice. We do not come to the table of the Lord just to say, isn't it great that God came and was made flesh among us and that he was the royal king of the universe? We come to the table because we say that king of the universe who knew no sin, no deceit or guile was found in his mouth. He never erred. He never did anything wrong. Yet he submitted himself to the execution of a criminal so that he would be able to open the door for forgiveness for us. Hear me, my friends. God 
is still all of these things for us today. It is the new year, and perhaps many of us will be making plans and and promises about what the new year is going to look like for us, what we're going to do, how things are going to be different. Great. I hope it works out well for you. But today I am not so concerned about how can we be better Christians. I am more concerned about us getting a firm grip on what God has already done for us. These are the things that have sustained Christianity through the centuries. Not that there's anything wrong with it, but worship services, music styles, great devotional books, Christian literature, dramas, those kinds of things, they all play an important part in our development. But those things have come and gone and changed and been up and down and absent and present. But the things that have grounded us in God are the proclamation of who he is, what he has done, and living out lives that represent that sacrificial grace. And so in just a minute, I'm going to invite you to come. And if you would like to take communion this morning, you don't have to. You can stay in your seat. We're not taking attendance or, or, no, or worrying about who comes and who doesn't. But if you would like to come, if you accept that Jesus loves you and forgives you of your sins, and you are wanting to walk in love with him and fellowship with him, you are, are invited to come to the table and to receive the bread and the cup, although it's actually two cups because the bread is in a cup also, but it's, it's a cup of the bread and a cup of the, of the juice, of the, of the vine. And these represent the body and blood of Christ. And so if you are walking in that or desire to walk in that relationship with him, the table is a place to come to for all of those that are on that journey and that desire Jesus. And I would invite you to take it. You can, you can come, we'll kind of, we've, I know we're not using this side of the sanctuary and we've got stuff here, but you can come kind of down next to this set of pews and receive your elements and then kind of go back next to that set of pews down the aisle and go back to your seats and just hold on to them and we will then eat and drink together. But as we eat and drink together, what I want you to think about is that this is the foundation of whatever it is that we're going to face this year. This is the foundation on which we face it. That Jesus, the divine royal ruler of the universe, came in the flesh and then gave himself for us. The prophet, the priest, the king. All of these things. For you, for me. Look, friends, I don't know what you're going to face this year. I don't know if it's going to be a good year or a bad year for you, for us, for the world. I don't know. But I know who I have believed in. And I am persuaded that he is able. That's all that I've got. That's all that I can declare. That's all that I can say. He is able. And so, I'm going to offer a prayer, and then if you would like to take communion, if you'll just come down the center aisle and take of the bread and the cup and return to your seat, we will share in it together. Um, I did not prepare any music for while we're taking communion. Our, oh, you can play, okay. I'm okay with it being silent, but... 
<laughs> you can go ahead. No, I love, you love having you play. I just remembered that I didn't talk to you about it before the service. Let's, let's just quiet our hearts for a moment. So much busyness surrounding this time of year. Let's just quiet our hearts and talk to the Lord. Lord, you came in the flesh and offered yourself for us. And now we, in our fleshliness, are examining what is before us, the unknown, and we are admitting the uncertainties of life on this earth. So Lord, as we take this bread and this cup, as we participate again in this act of grace where you give us more of yourself, we pray that you will bless these elements, make them a conduit of your goodness and your mercy, and help us to base our existence in days and, and months and, and years to come on what you have done for us. May it be so, we pray, in Christ's name, amen. This message is a ministry of Hudson Wesleyan Church, where our mission is to see lives transformed for the glory of God. For more information, you may contact the church at 517-448-6411 or at hudsonwesleyan.org. Thank you for listening, and may God richly bless you.